What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, team. DeWindy City Bears podcast. Episode 2. Patrick B. Schmidt. The B stands for badass. As per always, my co-host. All right. The Bears swung and missed on an offensive lineman that we had never heard of. In fact, I have to re-look up his name right now. We recorded yesterday, but I'm doing the open a day later, and I've forgotten the damn guy's name, which is pathetic for me, but also speaks to... Who the hell was this guy that all of a sudden everyone's saying, oh, that's another piece of evidence that Ryan Poles doesn't know what he's doing. How in the world could they lose out on a guy named Bates, who's in my notes as Bates? And so I got to look up Bates, Bills, Bears, and realize that his name was actually Ryan Bates, which I thought that's what it was, but I had to double-check. Ryan Bates goes back to Buffalo on a four-year, $17 million deal with the first two years guaranteed, and Bears fans are upset. Hey, we'll talk about this on the pod, but at least Ryan Poles is identifying people that teams want to keep. At least it wasn't like, get that bum out of here, send him to Chicago. They didn't want to pay him that much money. They thought about it. They realized that Poles was right, and they brought him back. So ain't great for 2022, but this ain't about 2022. This is really about 2023 when the Bears are going to have all sorts of cap space and more draft picks, and they'll have another season of getting Justin Fields ready. That is the problem, though, right? How the hell are you going to get this guy to the next level when you're surrounding him with dog shit? We'll talk about that on the pod. The Windy City Bears podcast starts right now. Showtime. Schmitty, good to see you. Tough day for the Bears. Ryan Bates going back to Buffalo. Bears Twitter is very angry. Yeah, this is like the, the second strikeout on the free agent market. Larry Ogunjobi last week with the failed physical. This week, the uh, the offer sheet is signed from Buffalo, so 
Uh, two big swings and, you know, two moderate-sized misses, I guess, but I applaud the effort and the attempt nonetheless. So, okay, you're in a, in applaud mode. And by the way, uh, last week we talked about Larry Oak and Joby for like 30 minutes and Schmidt yelled at me <laughs> in our in our meeting. So I can't – we're not going to go too long on Ryan Bates. But I got excited about Ryan Bates and, like, you're applauding the uh, the signing – I think that it speaks to a good identification by good old Ryan Poles. Like this was a guy who started four games and the Bills didn't want to pay him 17 million bucks. That's what Brad Biggs, our guy at the Tribune reported was the offer and they went and had it did it. So I actually think, okay, Ryan Poles, you identified somebody who could have helped didn't, didn't happen, but you took a fair swing and, and uh, hats off, man. Good job. Yeah, that's what it's all about, right? Finding talent, evaluating talent, finding these bargains on the free agent market, identifying guys who maybe didn't have a big role with their existing team and extrapolating that out and projecting how they could fit in with the Bears organization. And yeah, this guy wasn't a, a three or four year starter, a, a guy like Teron Armstead on the, you know, who signed a big deal with the with the Dolphins, but it's a guy you think his best football is in front of him. He was going to be outside of that one or two year financial commitment with some of the guys that they had already signed off the street. So I like it. And you, you got to go for guys on this offensive line as we're going to talk about a lot with supporting Justin Fields and, and building the foundation around him. So I like how they structured it up front, or, you know, load that up in the first two years, a lot of guaranteed money, basically dare Buffalo to, to you know, to overspend, so to speak, or maybe get a little bit outside their comfort zone uh, to bring him back. But Buffalo, they're trying to win the Super Bowl this year and next year while their right. window's open. So, you know, they're gonna they're gonna swing for the fences. Bears, good shot. It just didn't work out how we wanted. Yeah. So congrats to the Bears, even though non-congrats. Uh hey, thank you, by the way, for checking into the Windy City Bears podcast. New show live on YouTube every Monday at five. The audio podcast will come out uh the next morning. So stay there if you are uh don't worry, audio fans. You get it a little bit later because we got to move it over there. But we're live at five on YouTube every Monday. Any Bears questions you have on the YouTube channel or live during the show, we're going to obviously talk about it. We love the interaction. Uh, we love when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. So for our audio listeners, if you leave a review and or ask any Bears questions, we will hit that on the next episode. And, Schmidt, I spent my Sunday uh, creating a Chicago Bears email for us, the Windy City Bears podcast, the Windy City Bears podcast at gmail.com, which uh, – like we can talk life, send send personal emails, things you might not want to put in the Apple world. Feel free to hit me at uh, DeWindyCityBearsPodcast at gmail.com. Are you proud of me for that? I feel I thought that was a big move for the show. It's a very good proactive move. Like you said, this is a show for the fans, by the fans, with the fans. So we want the fans to reach out to us. Let us know what you want us to talk about, which players the Bears should be targeting in free agency. Who are some names in the draft that the Bears could be potentially eyeballing here ahead of April's draft and you know, basically one of our expectations for this year's our hopes, our dreams, our, our wildest fantasies for the Bears. We want them all to come true. Be a part of this journey with us. We're, we're starting on scratch, so come be a part of this team with us. Yes, Fridays at five, no place. Uh, uh, month Fridays at five, Mondays at five, no place better to be and hit hit the audio as well. Schmitty, by the way, for for those just getting to know Patrick is a is a draft expert. He's on our college football side as well at fan side, which uh, our guy Brian Williams getting in the chat here. I think we're good. Uh, get Watson and Pierce in the second. The rest is needs. You can speak to that. I, I don't, you know, listen, that's an interesting 
spin on what can go on in the second round. What do you think of Brian's idea? You know what? When Alec Pierce, guys from Glen Ellen, I'm from Glen Ellen. He's a Glenbard West guy. I'm a Glenbard South guy. I, I would love to see a hometown guy on the hometown team. Uh, sometimes we got to be a little careful not to overvalue some of the, the hometown guys or the local guys. We've seen it for years with the Notre Dame connection with the Bears. Um, but, you know, he tested really, really well at the Combine. Really solid player. If the Bears want to double up at the at the wide receiver position in the second round, you know, it, it wouldn't be too bad. Watson was a guy we talked about on the on the show last week, a really good freakish athlete. Um, really had no kind of competition at North Dakota State. You know, the guy's 6'4, about 210, 215, sub 4'4, 40 guy. So um, was this a guy that just dominated inferior competition, or is this a guy that you could uh, expect big things from? You know, Alec Pierce. And Watson, it might be a nice little deadly combination there. We'll see. Brian, I like what you're doing out there. You're 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 moving things forward, and uh, I think Schmitty just backed you. So so well done. All right, we'll get to uh, Schmidt's college quarter coming up in a little bit, but I do want to get us into the Matt Eberflus conversation on Peter King's podcast, which was super interesting because when Eberflus spoke at the start of his Bears tenure, which is about five minutes old. I was, I don't know about you, Schmitty, but I was instantly bored. This guy is Bears coach uh, Mark Tressman, Lovey Smith, who, by the way, was weighing in uh, at the owners' meetings today. But uh, I, I was not, I didn't find him interesting at all. But on Peter King's podcast, shout out to you, Peter King, I actually found him to be fairly compelling. I, I took a ton of notes here. They asked him about his fourth down philosophy, and he seems like he's going to be aggressive, and they go into, you know, analytics. And he said, quote, it fuels your instincts. It informs you to make good decisions. He liked the fourth down decision in the Super Bowl. So the analytics part of the conversation, are you going to be Brandon Staley and always go for it on fourth down? I'm kind of old school that way. Like, I think it, it's, it seems like insane to me when you're on your own 18. That makes sense to me, right? You use it to inform you. And you don't always live by it, but it's it's there and, you, and it's a part of your decision making. Yeah, absolutely. Use all the information you have at your disposal to make better, more informed decisions. And then, you know, when the time is right, you know, factor in that gut instinct here, you know, you know, don't be afraid to 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 factor that in the equation here while you're crunching all the numbers. So I definitely like the notion that that Eberflus is going to be a little bit of a of a gambler be aggressive when the time is right i don't think he's going to be going for it on fourth and six from their own 25 but fourth and two from the opponent's 45 maybe that's a time where they're going to decide to go for it rather than punt so i'm definitely in favor of using the analytics and using some new school football math to our advantage here because let's face it the, the some of the previous regimes way too conservative way too limited in big picture ideology and, and just kind of moving forward uh, with the next generation of football. It, it felt like they were always playing catch up. Maybe Eberflus is a guy that, you know, he's right ahead of that cutting edge forethought and, and kind of insight. Right. And you're a defensive guy, which uh, by the way, the bears are still working on their entire roster, but it's not like his fourth down decisions. You're going to be dealing with an elite offense. You're going to be dealing with a subpar offense. And I want to talk about the quarterback today. Uh, but, you know, the more I dive into the quarterback, and 
listen, I've, I've watched every Justin Fields game. I've watched every Bears game for a decade plus. But like looking back at the numbers, like it it looks worse than it was in the moment. And like I'm almost thinking like, did I overvalue him in the moment? I mean, two and eight, seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions, completion percentage under under 60. I mean, by the numbers, strict numbers, he was awful. Like I, all I remember is like the Pittsburgh game. Oh, he looked great. He was wow. flying all, you know, like, and and they should have won that game. But like in reality, the dude was the dude was bad. I mean, is that? He was, yeah, he had all of the uh, the come to the NFL moments. I guess you want to say like it was it was a rough year. Um, you look at the Steelers game, moments in the Packers game in Lambeau. There are moments and flashes. The the touchdown against the 49ers where he kind of ran across the field. There are definitely glimpses and flashes. In year two, you want those glimpses and flashes to be more sustained, not like Haley's comments streaking through the sky every 86, 87 years or so. But yeah, you gotta you gotta steal possessions, you gotta maximize the possessions you have. You can't be punting the ball over and relying on the defenses as an offensive league. You need to do everything you can while you have the ball. If that means going for it on some fourth downs and you may otherwise punt, hey, the the risk is gonna have to or the reward is gonna outweigh the the risk in many cases. So I love it. Be aggressive. And I think that aggressive mentality and mindset is going to win over Eberflus here, you know, with, with Bears fans. So Eberflus on fields, Schmitty, he's, he's, he's very confident, quote, in fields confidence. And then he talks about how you have your biggest growth between your rookie and second year in a lot of quarterback cases. I, I picked out three of them. Gold star is is probably Carson Wentz, right? Seven and nine is rookie year, and then the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Uh, seven and nine is first year, sixteen touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. Second year, thirteen and three. Now he got hurt, but the Eagles win the Super Bowl. He throws thirty-two touchdown passes, seven picks. It's like it's a huge leap. But same coach, uh, you know, Peterson and Peterson. This is going to be, you know, different. Nagy to Eberflus, tougher, tougher degree of difficulty. I looked at Sam Darnold, a guy who went from he he starts with Todd Bowles as a Jet. He goes four and nine, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I'm not going to go through every, and I understand there's more stats than that, but just just for like a bearings here. They went four and nine. His second year, seven and six touchdowns up by a couple to 19 interceptions down by a couple to 13 as Adam Gase comes in from Todd Bowles. And then like look at a guy like Kyler Murray. Uh, who clearly plays a lot more like Fields? Like, is, is that going to be a legitimate jump? Five and ten his first year, twenty touchdowns, twelve picks. Then eight and eight, twenty six and twelve. Uh, and again, Fields two and eight, seven touchdowns, ten picks, and sacked you know a league high thirty six times. So like, I, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell is realistic for this guy in year two, right? I think you got to just kind of forget everything that happened, break up the, the men in black, the, uh, you know, the, the light phaser, whatever, just clear everything that happened last year, getting rid of Matt Nagy and the, the offensive staff that was here last year, whoever is replacing them, it's, it's going to be a net positive. I, th- I think we still need to be, be a little bit patient here <laughs> and uh, know this is going to be a, a long, well, maybe not too long, but we're basically just resetting the dock here. So uh, you mentioned some names we, we've seen, a number of head coaching changes, but I think definitely agree with the sentiment that you see a, a huge leap between that rookie year and that sophomore year. Basically that first year, you're basically just trying to learn the NFL and get used to it. You're moving into a new city. You're just, you're being a pro for the first time ever in your life. So I think there's a lot of off the field stuff that you got to get used to as well. This year it's, it's all football. And you know, he, he's going to be in that second year, second year with Mooney, 
second year behind some of these returning offensive linemen, second year with David Montgomery behind him. So I think he's going to be a little bit more comfortable and confident. And plus, he knows this is his team now. Last year was coming in with Andy Dalton as QB1. And anytime Matt Nagy or anytime somebody from the Bears was behind a microphone, they were saying Andy Dalton's our starter, Andy Dalton's QB1. That's not the case now. So Justin Fields knows it's his team. It's his time. And I think just that mentality and that confidence alone is going to show up well between the stripes. And I'm excited for that first first training camp. You know, um, I, I, th- I think I don't want to put numbers attached to it. I don't want to put wins attached to it. But I think we're going to see a pr- improvement from Justin Fields across the board. I'm looking at the comments here. We got good money to get our line solid from uh, Brian, which you just saw across. And then here comes uh, Zach Best, who I believe might be a Chiefs fan. Uh, Byron Pringle coming over should be a reliable target for Fields. But they're going to need more than him in Mooney. Uh, correct. I'm with you, Zach. And But I am allowing myself to at least be excited by the – Fields and Mooney in Atlanta working out together, putting pictures on Instagram, uh, both looking like they're attacking the offseason. They're, you know, this is their do they're doing this on their own time. This is not a bear sanction activity. And those two were incredible last year. That was like the best thing going for, for the Bears offensively. And so I a lot of people don't think that Mooney can be a number one, Schmitty. I don't know, I don't know where you come out on Mooney, but I, I'm actually slightly hopeful that he can. He's going to have to be a number one this year. Right. Um, I think on a Super Bowl team, he's probably a, a two and a half ish, you know. Um, but on this team, he's going to have to be the number one. Um, I think Pringle, though, can be a nice little kind of a, a tool in the toolbox, so to speak, operating out of the slot. I still would love to see that six, four, six, three kind of just stud receiver. And, and maybe they find that in the in the draft, like we talked about with Watson. Uh, at the top of the show and, and last week or somebody else in the draft to be named later. But um, Pringle, Mooney, I think those are two guys that Fields will have to rely on. They're going to have to expect a big jump out of Cole Komet too. Um, oh. So all these guys, there's going to have to be a collective jump. Tevin Jenkins on the offensive line. Larry Borm, is he going to be a starter? Both those guys are going to have to make significant jumps. So uh, if all four or five of those guys can make a significant jump, it's going to – I want to say like it's it's essential. It's a necessity. That's step one um, for the Bears to be competitive. Um, And then you got to be competitive before you can be a playoff team. And then you got to be competitive before you're a playoff team. And, you you know, you start Super Bowl. So it's all it's all in the process. And we got to trust that process. And and we're really at the very beginning stages. Well, I guess really the first step of that process was was trading up last year to get Justin Fields and everything else. It's all about maximizing this talent. That is Justin Fields. I get it. You know, walk before you run. The Bears at best are, are crawling right now. Uh, yeah. Byron Pringle, by the way, you mentioned like where he's going to line up. Like he was in the slot, sixty-one percent of his snaps last season. Carm research here, very always very high. Schmitty. Uh and forty-two catches, five hundred sixty-eight yards. That's thirteen and a half yards per catch. Very solid. Five touchdowns, but you know, uh, and he had a ton of. Uh, talented receivers around him. We're going to be relying on you more here. There's no Tyree Kill, RIP Kansas City on that trade, although I actually think it's a good deal for the Chiefs. Story for the uh, uh, podcast tomorrow with Matt Verderam at 11. Uh, check out Stack in the Box. But, uh, you know, look, the, I, I, he Pringle's calling Fields elite. He's looking at him saying, like, this dude extends plays. That's what I'm used to. I, I don't. He's not saying he sees Patrick Mahomes, but he sees 
that type of quarterback, so to speak. And so maybe they'll, maybe that'll be a huge uh, little pairing here. Uh, maybe maybe elite potential is a nice way to package that. I mean, if if everything works out, we, you're talking about this guy being a top five to seven quarterback, but a lot needs to be put around him along the offensive line, and and they're starting to do that. They hope Jenkins can be good. Uh, the center Patrick they signed maybe Larry Borum is a, is a great find in the fifth round. Um, but yeah, you got to hope the tight end plays well. Hope both these receivers play well, and you f- keep adding to this. Um, but you know, fingers crossed. But it, it, it all relies on Justin Fields, and we saw the flashes. We just need to see sustained flashes moving forward. Uh, you know, offensive line talk always moving the needle. But uh, Brian Williams again, <laughs> what are what are your views on on Cody Whitehair? Can we get can we get a third round pick for him? I'm very colored on white hair because like when 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 Bears Nation, Bears whoever fell in love with white hair, you know, I've been doing the Hampton OB postgame show on WGN for seven years. The, those guys could never were a fan of white hair at all. Um, and so and now I'm like, maybe they were right. Like I'm sitting there like, well, he, everybody else is singing white hair's praise, but it's like he he's not he fits under the uh, you know. Poles doesn't want huge offensive lines. White hair at least can move. But mm-hmm. I, I I think at this point, like everything is wide open on that offensive line because, uh, I mean, Poles clearly has a vision for what he wants to do. Yeah, you, you hope Tevin Jenkins can be a fixture at, at left tackle. Maybe he's not even a tackle. Maybe maybe he's a guard. We'll, we'll find that out soon. Cody Whitehair, I think he's I think he's an okay player. I think he's average. He's, he's holding down a spot here. Um, you know, he's certainly not a pro bowler, all pro kind of a talent. You know, if he's the fourth or fifth best player on your offensive line, I think that's ideal. But uh, it's been kind of a, a sad state of affairs here in Chicago where he's had to be the best offensive lineman right. Uh, right. on this team. Uh, and, and that's you're, you're not going to win many games when Cody Whitehair is your best offensive, offensive lineman. So uh, just got to surround these guys with, with more talent. And, and you know, we're at we're at the bottom here uh, in that talent acquisition uh, mindset here. So he's an OK player. I don't think they're going to trade him. Uh, certainly if they did trade him, they wouldn't get a third round pick for him. They, they, they'd probably hope to get a sixth round pick for him. Uh, a third round pick. I mean, you kind of look at some of the, the quarterbacks that have been traded this off season. Um, you know, you're, you're not getting a third round pick for Cody Whitehair. Um, maybe a sixth round pick, but I think he's going to be in the plans for this year. Uh, if they were going to move him, they probably would have already tried to move him. They know James Daniels is gone. So I think the Cody Whitehair, just, just the guy. Uh, I, Listen, uh, I'm hoping they're going to be able to get a sixth round pick for Nick Foles and 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 package yeah. it with a seventh. Um, you know, and Zach's asking about uh, trading up. The Bears have just to remind everybody: two picks in the second round, 39 and 48. They've got one pick in the third, 71. They've got two in the fifth, uh, 147 and 149, and then they got one in the sixth, 184. I uh, I don't listen. I I hope we. You're the draft expert, so you you tell me. But in my mind, I'm not I'm not packaging picks to move up, and I suppose I'd be okay with moving down. But you have so much freaking needs. I I would rather just just stay where you are and get the best players. And unless you're going to dump players, like you don't need Nick Foles anymore. You signed Trevor Simeon. I didn't get that signing. We can talk about that in a second. But I, I'm not I'm not I'm not paying up any picks to move back and move forward. That's how I would look at it. Yeah, the, the first of their two second-round picks, I'm probably going to want to stand pat there. Hopefully they can get a, a top 30, you know, a, a guy that they have a first-round grade on there in the second round. Maybe that second second-round pick, the guy they got for the – or the pick they got in the Khalil Mack trade, maybe that's a spot where you look to move back. 
in the second round, acquire an extra third round pick, maybe a pick in next year's draft. But like you said, too many holes on this roster to fill. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving up the limited ammunition they have here to to move up for, you know, what are you going to do? Draft a wide receiver at, at 27 instead of in the in the 30s or, or 40s. I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm not going to be too aggressive in, in that respect. But yeah, I, I'd probably move down from uh, their second of two uh, second round picks, see what they could get for an extra three, extra four, something like that. And yeah, I know Ryan Paul said today, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to trade Nick Foles. You know, give it, give us, make us an offer. Basically, you could have him. You got a seventh. You you got the two hundred thirty eighth pick in the draft. You want to give us for Nick Foles? Please, we'll do that. So, um, I think they they view this as a sunk cost. Basically, they could get a seven for him. You know, that's fine. Bringing a twenty two year old player here, maybe he can contribute on special teams. Um, maybe help this team move forward into the future. Because Nick Foles, he's not doing anything to help this team win now or in the future. So. Uh, why I I don't get how they think that Trevor Simeon is worth uh, anything to them when they have Nick Foles. Like what what am I missing here with Trevor Simeon? Saints last year he started four games. Uh, you know whatever I, they're the same guy. Am I missing something here? Why do we have to like that? Uh, I I don't get it. <laughs> I think they view him just as a better talent a better player if he needed to play this year than falls and and you know fingers crossed i think the the bears have their fingers crossed that they can get a seventh round pick for him uh or something you know and, and either way falls isn't going to be in the roster in uh in august or september i think his time is coming to an end here uh, it's just a matter of how soon it's going to be trevor simeon was it was a a bargain uh, for I think four million or whatever it was, even for a, a backup, even a, a, a non-talented backup. So it was a little bit surprising that they did make the move, but knowing that they did sign Simeon, he'll be the backup. Nick Foles, he's going to be traded or cut, but either way, he's not going to be in the Bears' 53-man roster to start the year. And just for the record, Wildcat fan over here, it's it's adorable yeah. that Trevor Simeon, the cat, is coming back. Uh, you know, he's he split time at Northwestern uh, with. How am I forgetting his name? Who uh, Kane Coulter, Kane right? Coulter, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, yeah, I, this guy's been in the NFL for a long time. I wonder was he did, did Pat's for Gerald perhaps uh, in a rare moment miss the boat here? Should Trevor Simeon have been out there more? But uh, you know, I just it almost seems like it's personal with Foles to me. Like like so I'm not sure. Like he's Eberflus has talked to a lot of guys. So did his conversation. With Nick Foles not go well, was 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 he too honest? Did he did he rub the coaching staff and or or, or Ryan Poles the wrong way? I'm I'm not exactly sure. Um, I one more thing. Say, go I, ahead. I don't know if it's anything about that rubbing in the wrong way. I I just think hey this this guy can't play, and and they think Trevor <laughs> Simeon can play. But to to kind of bottom line this, if Trevor Simeon is playing extended downs, extended games. We're all screwed, basically. So it's like, the, the, hopefully, the, Trevor Simeon is not playing much this year. But I think you know, push comes to shove. If he had to play Trevor Simeon over Nick Foles, yeah, you'd roll the dice and go with Trevor Simeon. But fingers crossed, Justin Fields can play a full seventeen game schedule, get all those reps, and Trevor Simeon will just be that you know classic veteran backup. You're one hundred percent right. Trevor Simeon's on the field. That that's the last thing that you want to have. It'd be a complete nightmare. And, and Brian Williams bringing in the Mike Glennon. Please don't put Mike Glennon on oh, the show. It's 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 really triggering. It's, it's it is it's a it's a trigger moment. Uh, Mike Glennon at 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 Soldier Field for the 
when the when the Bears drafted Trubisky and yeah, <laughs> and he's sitting there like, like hobnobbing with all the big shooters. Like, yeah, my name's like Glenn, and I'm the new quarterback. Okay, no, I'm not anymore. Yeah. I'll actually start four games and go one and three, and you guys are about to pay me eighteen and a half million dollars mm-hmm. to do it. Um, I want to go back to Eberflus real quick. He he's reaching out to former Bears Schmitty. The Bears have been renowned for basically we don't give a shit about our alumni. Uh, Mike Singletary was basically begging to come back here and wanted to be considered for a head coach. And then, you know, he's on the radio talking about, yeah, I don't have a good relationship with anyone. I, 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 I talked to Ted Phillips once in a blue moon. I negotiated my own contracts. And so Eberflus is, is, is reaching out to guys. Uh, he says 50 guys. And I know for a fact that like Dan Hampton, uh, who I do the Bears post with, he, he texted Hampton. And like, I'm like, and I asked him, have other coaches done that? Nope. So this is a different thing. And he's talking about bringing peanut uh, to training camp to teach the, uh, the peanut punch. This, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be a huge deal, but it feels right. Right. Why would you run away from your history? Why wouldn't you want Dick Buckus showing up at Hallis hall to talk to the current bears? Right. Absolutely. It's all about building that culture and, and you know, the, the family element and, recognizing your history and the people that have worn this helmet, been in the trenches, been in this stadium. I love it. You know, this is a huge, huge early win for Eberflus and this organization to reach out to the Bears greats, the legends, the guys whose jerseys are retired. They're in the Hall of Fame. Bring in Peanut. Bring in Erlacher. Bring back Olin Krutz. Uh, Hampton, right. Singletary. All these guys. All these guys that have just they're, – they're living legends. Like, have them come in for a couple hours in a training camp in a mini camp just to let the players just listen to them for, you know, for 20, 30 minutes. However, have them go through some drills, just let them be there and just kind of soak up that ambience. But for me, that's just a, a huge culture win. And I just got to say for Matt Eberflus, like, I love this. I love this guy. He hasn't even coached a game yet, but knowing he's doing that, like it lets me know his mind is right wired the right way and he's thinking incrementally like hey this is this is the right way to build an organization to build a culture to build a foundation you got to recognize the past to build a a future here and 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 i just i just love that mindset and i love that approach and i hope as many bears living legends like uh, just a short list of the guys that i mentioned you know double that triple that quadruple that bring them all back to lake forest have them come in let these these new pups, these bears, just kind of pick their brains and, and soak it up just, you know, to be in their presence, basically. I mean, it's like football new regime 101. Yeah. You you reach out to the uh, class acts of the organization, the Hall of Fame players, the, the history of wearing that uniform and, you know, feeling incredibly proud to run out, you know, on Soldier Field or Wrigley Field, wherever – Let's go all the way back. Get Edo Bradovich a damn invite. Uh, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, you know, I, hey, I, good job, Matt Eberflus. And, uh, you know, and one other thing he said too that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm all about Eberflus saying, like, so, and sorry, you were falling in love with Eberflus. He, uh, you know, he's, they asked him about his relationship with Ryan Poles and they have the same agent and all that stuff. Um, and, and he said that he, he liked that polls had quote emotional stability and emotional intelligence quote meaning that during adversity you can remain calm so I mean he's taking the job right he wants to be a head coach in the NFL I get it but like at least there was some at least at least in my mind like hearing that that he was sizing up like who am I working for here you know what what am I dealing with 
And I, I think his criteria is interesting. Like, if I'm going to be in the foxhole with you, I don't want to be with a lunatic, man. We're, we're going to go, we're going to ride up and down. And and here's a guy in his mid-30s who impressed him enough that, like, I, I feel very confident in your ability to uh, – and he also talked about talent evaluation. Look at the Chiefs roster and look at his, his mental side. I, I That all adds up pretty well to me. Yeah, and when I hear emotional intelligence, like, to me that just says, like, we got some adults in the room. We got some right. grownups, you know, making grown-up decisions now. Um, so I love it. I, I think they're philosophically, mentally aligned here. It, this thing isn't going to be built overnight. But to be lockstep in unison right from the jump, I think that's going to be great. We're, you know, we're, we're seeing the, this blueprint and philosophy and free agency, signing guys to one or two-year deals, guys that are 25, 26, 27, low risk, moderate reward, stocking up as many picks as you can get. Uh, moving off some some you know Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman, some of these guys, um, and kind of building around Justin Fields, and we're going to see it primarily in the draft, and really next year, 2023, that's going to be the first big splash uh, for the Poles and Eberflus, just to kind of spend a whole bunch of cash and really kind of build up this foundation from the ground floor. But I love it. We got grownups in the room now. High quality, high character guys, and yeah, okay, fine. The ceilings aren't huge right now, but neither's the money they're putting out. And and you're right, Trinity. Like they're look, they're they're gonna have a ton of cap space next year. I I am nervous that like give Justin Fields a chance to succeed like that. And and right now, it's it ain't gonna be easy, man. Like you're you're asking a guy to go from into a, a from one scheme to another. You're who's not protected particularly well. Maybe it's going to be better, but it's not going to be great. And with not a ton of weapons. So that's ask, you're asking for you're you're borderline asking for a miracle right now. And and I, I guess as a Bears fan, I want to like let, let's not let's not over. And I think you said it earlier, like let's let's not go crazy in year two and, and make it a complete uh, if he doesn't look week Justin Fields sucks and we need a new quarterback. I think I think we got to be realistic as to what's going on. Long off season to go here, but right now I think expectations for Fields in year two should not be to have some huge leap, right? Yeah, and when we look at this question, are the Bears setting up Justin Fields to fail? I don't think that's the case at all because we're looking at some of the the moves specifically at the offensive line, the swings and misses, even like we said at the top with Bates. You got to build up that foundation because if Justin Fields is going to be good, he's got to have a great offensive line. You get that great offensive line solidified, then he could start making moves. You know, if you're saying, why didn't the Bears go and try and trade for Tyreek Hill? Well, Tyreek Hill isn't the one big player that's keeping the Bears from making the playoffs or winning the North this year or winning the right. Super Bowl. You trade for Tyreek Hill maybe two years from now when you're a 10-win team trying to be a 13-win team or you're a, a a playoff team trying to win the Super Bowl. The Bears aren't there yet. I mean, it's not where we want to be, but it's where we got to get to be there. And that's why I, I don't think they're setting them up to fail. I think they're they're setting them up. They're not setting them up to fail. Could they have signed or traded for Amari Cooper and then traded for Tyreek Hill? Yeah, those moves look nice, but long-term wise, it's not going to work if that offensive line in front of them is hot garbage. So fix that offensive line, set up Justin Fields to have success. And then we could move forward. I mean, five draft picks. You're mm -hmm. not, first of all, the Bears didn't have a first round pick. Right. You're not trading second, fourth, fourth, and like, you know, they traded their one and two this year when you have Tua as your quarterback. Yeah. 
I mean, I think the Dolphins are out of their freaking mind. And by the way, like everyone's killing on the Chiefs and they're killing on the Packers. Like, how are they going to survive without Devontae? They're going to find receivers, man. They still yeah. have Aaron Rodgers. You got Patrick Mahomes still- and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. You get like, the quarterback, you the, the rest kind of falls into place. The Bears are hoping they have the quarterback and then they'll let things fall into place. Yeah, the Packers, I understand that. They're going to, you know, what's interesting from the Bears' perspective is now the Packers and now the Chiefs. They're probably both going to be targeting wide receivers in the draft. So those are two teams who two, three weeks ago probably weren't looking to draft a wide receiver where they were picking in the first round. Now they have extra picks in the first round. They need to replace Devontae Adams. They need to replace Tyree Kill. So those are potentially two wide receivers that maybe they get pushed on a little bit to the Bears in the in the top of the second round. Now both those guys are gone. So um, on one hand, you love to see the Packers not have Devontae Adams anymore, but you know, when you start looking from the, the Bears' perspective on that, you know, there's going to be one or, and now two fewer wide receivers most likely for the Bears to uh, have available when they pick in the second round. It's it's a great point. And so, like, all Bears fans were jumping up now. You, we weren't being the Packers this year anyway. So yeah. it, it almost would have been better if they had just stood pat. But you're right. You're right. They're, they're going – and if you go through the league, there are a lot of teams looking for wide receivers and there are a lot of teams looking for offensive line help. So – uh good luck you're gonna have to evaluate really well and some are gonna you know you this is this is the beauty of the draft we're gonna have hits and misses uh Schmitty, let's let's run through some final topics here again uh the windy city bears podcast live on youtube every monday at five hit that subscribe button and turn your notifications on so you will have all of our content and uh, we'll be doing extra extra shows and we'll have bears interviews uh, we're going to have a uh, interview with Ed Obradovich coming up later in the week that I did with the OB a little bit ago. So we're going to get that posted. So hit that subscribe button and we appreciate you uh, jumping in. Brian, love all the chats from you today. Appreciate it. So uh, we just, we tackled Tyreek and, and Devante. Let's uh, let's, let's give a shout out to the Detroit Lions, Schmitty. Welcome to hard knocks. The Fighting Campbells, three and thirteen. Uh, hey, you know, I would have loved Eberflus on there, man. I would have loved to see. You know, can we get a Bears on Hard Knocks? I'm actually a little jealous of Detroit. Yeah, it seems like forever. I've been wanting to see the Bears on Hard Knocks, and they never seemed interested. Um, it's just such an old, old, outdated mindset. Like, come on, let's do it. It would be such a great opportunity to kind of open up the Bears to the rest of the nation. And I think that's what they're afraid of to see just how dated this organization is from the top. But, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, it's always going to be fine. You could always find positives, but these are always better when you have the bad teams. And it, it kind of, I think they are limited to like the non-playoff teams, first year coach or second year coaches. So, Hey, I don't know how many games the Lions are going to win this year. Hopefully none of them are against the bears, but We'll see if uh, Dan Campbell will, will certainly provide a couple of good sound bites. Jared Goff, second go around for Jared Goff on Hard Knocks. He was with the Rams a couple of years ago when it was the Rams and the Chargers sharing Hard Knocks. So we'll see. Not a whole lot of star power for Detroit. Not a whole lot of positives for Detroit. But um, it, I mean, it's going to be a must watch five episodes nonetheless. We're all going to be watching. Lions, one of three teams that could not say no. So there, yeah. there you go, Detroit. You're 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 in. Uh, Shmi, let's do your college corner. We mentioned the uh, the draft picks and ran through them. Anybody that is exciting you on this March the twenty eighth, as we're call it a month from the from uh, 
the draft weekend, which is going to be a huge, huge, huge moment in the first big moment, really, in the in the polls. Uh, I mean, whatever. Give him credit in free agency, but this draft is going to be enormous if he can yeah, hit I some diamond in the roughs. I want to throw another wide receiver into the mix here, kind of the, the halo um, or the the cloud or whatever they call it, the the bubble. Throw in, uh, you know, we talked about Watson and David Bell last week. Let's throw in a wide receiver from a power conference in the SEC. Had an injury last spring, tore his ACL, missed pretty much the entire season, played sparingly in the SEC championship game and in the college football playoff. I'm talking about George Pickens from Georgia. This guy doesn't have this injury. We're probably talking about him as a, a top 15 lock in the draft, maybe wide receiver one or, or wide receiver two. Uh, big size, fits that X mold, 6'2 plus, 6'3 plus, big size, big frame, big catch radius. You just got to wonder if he checks all the boxes with the, the medical reevaluation. If that physical checks out, uh, if you could get him to run before you draft him, I think, you know, this is a guy that, you know, played pretty much on a, an NFL feeding ground, feeding factory in Georgia, played against NFL guys uh, in the SEC against Florida, Alabama, all these guys in the best conference in the country. Um, you get a guy like him in the second round, I think this guy has so much potential, and we see a number of second-round receivers coming into the NFL and find success right away. So he's a guy that I'm eyeballing here to see kind of where he's going to fall in mock drafts. I think this guy, like I said, a top 15, 20 talent that maybe the Bears could get in the top, you know, 45. So another name to add to the mix who could be, you know, you talk about a first-round talent that you get in the second round. So just would represent great value and great upside. I mean – it's an interesting concept that you're throwing out there because would Ryan Poles in his first year as general manager take a guy who's coming off an injury? I'm I'm having Kevin White flashbacks right now. Hey, even Tevin Jenkins last year, you right. know, I could understand the the whoa whoa whoa, you know, from from Bears fans like we don't we don't want to take another guy that's got a, a questionable injury history here. I get that. I understand that. Um, the thing with Tevin Jenkins, that was a guy, a, a top 20 talent that they got in the, in the second round because of his injury. So there's some risk and reward there. If you're going to swing big, um, you, you want a big reward. I understand that if Watson's off the table, if David Bell's off the table, uh, and if you want to get a, a, a great wide receiver, uh, the draft is clat or the draft is deep at that position, but uh, it could thin out pretty quickly here. So if you, if you want to get a, a, a round one talent, these are, you know, these are the, the the questions that you have to get. This is why he's going to be available in the second round. So there's there's no perfect prospect, but I, I get the I get the little hesitation there though for sure. Yeah, I mean it's not the same thing, but there. Listen, Nicholas Morrow, who's a lot of people are excited about, I'm excited about, who coming over from the Raiders, one of the Bears' free agent signing, didn't play at all last year, had a, had an ankle injury, and and you know when he was asked about, it, he said, "Well, I was gonna if we had won our last playoff game, then I was gonna play." So maybe that gave Paul's comments, but I don't know if he's willing to take a, guy, a shot on a guy like Morrow. Would he do that with the second round pick? We'll see. We'll see. I, I love. I like the name, man. I, I I like how you're thinking. Let's get a high end talent in here that will excite Justin Fields, excite Bears fans. Uh, all right, last one here for you. Just want to touch on the NFL is having their OT conversation for the zillionth time. You're a college football guy too, Schmitty. Why can't we just do college foot, college OT to the NFL? 
Yeah, I, I don't get it. Now, granted, college football did tweak their their overtime last year, and it it was so dumb where they they forced teams to start going for two point conversions, um, and it was just all two point conversions. That that Illinois Penn State game is just it went like thirty eight overtimes, and nobody could convert. But yeah, philosophically, start at the twenty five, thirty, whatever you want to do. Say hey, you know, first team, you know, just start at the forty five. It, it's yeah. so simple. The 50 even, you know, yeah, it's like right. it doesn't need to be standard, you know, kickoff and the other team gets it. But, you know, I think at minimum, let every team get the ball one time. You know, if the first team gets the uh, scores a touchdown first, let the other team get a chance to score a touchdown. If they don't, game over. First team gets and, a field goal, let the other guy get a chance for a touchdown. Or if they field goal, we keep going. The ball on the 50. Let's go. Yeah. And, and people are like, oh, it'll take forever. It would – I that, who doesn't want to watch that forever? That forever is amazing. It, it's you know, and NFL games, I get it. They're in their they're in their TV window, and it's a perfect three hours. And there's a zillion reasons why the NFL is popular, but that might be the biggest damn one. Uh, yeah, you you y'all can figure out the window can be expanded for like amazing overtime. Uh, bottom line, everybody, both teams should get the football in OT. Yep. Uh, I know that our our Chiefs fans on this uh, channel right now would agree with that, uh, considering <laughs> the, the 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 playoff history. Uh, all right, Schmitty. We, we did it again here. Show two off and running to Windy City Bears podcast every Monday at five on YouTube. Again, hit that subscribe button and uh, check out the audio podcast for you over there. We're going to have some exciting stuff coming up here to show our appreciation to all of our listeners. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yes, I don't I don't I don't know what I'm allowed to say right now. So so uh I won't say anything more than that, but just trust me, you will benefit by watching the show. Hopefully, uh, be entertained, but also, uh, you know, some some good things coming your way. Schmidt, anything exciting you want to leave with today? How's your how's your bracket? Anything? Uh, how's has anything going on in the life of Patrick Schmidt that we should know about? That that bracket busted a long time ago. I had Gonzaga, Tennessee, in one final, and then Gonzaga, Arizona, a couple of chalk picks in the other bracket that I filled out. So. I, you know, I was I was loving the St. Peter's Cinderella run, uh, and then you know I was kind of rooting for the Duke, the Duke North Carolina matchup in the Final Four, and we're getting that. So it's going to be an absolute circus, and I, and I can't wait to see it. Maybe the biggest Final Four game of all time. Maybe the biggest since the the, the Christian Leitner Duke Kentucky game in ninety one ninety two. Um, so I, th I think it'll be great. I think the ratings are just going to be absolutely insane. Uh, but hopefully we get two good games on Saturday and a good championship game on Monday. Uh, hey, uh, Coach K, Jordan over Coach K. That's uh, that's how we want this to end. Your career, outstanding as it be in Chicago, and Coach K for the record. Uh, I would love to see him go out to to Carolina. Kind of would be it would be an amazing ending. The Blue Bloods doing it again. I was so rooting for St. Peter's and anybody who played Kansas and anybody. It was really just yeah. not the way I wanted this to go. Hey, uh, thanks so much for watching today. We're back at it next Monday, creeping towards the draft. Schmitty, great job, brother. Good to be with you, brother. Good to be with you, too. We will see you all next week. Thanks for every, all the comments today, Brian, Zach, etc. We will see you next time on DeWindy City Chicago Bears podcast. <laughs>
This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. I mean, two and eight, seven touchdowns, ten interceptions, completion percentage under under sixty. I mean, by the numbers, strict numbers, he was awful. He was awful. Awful. There are moments and flashes, the, the touchdown against the 49ers where he kind of ran across the field. There are definitely glimpses and flashes. In year two, you want those glimpses and flashes to be more sustained, not like Haley's comments streaking through the sky. I think you got to just kind of forget everything that happened, break up the, the men in black, the, uh, you know, the, the light phaser, whatever, just clear everything that happened last year. Like you said, this is a show for the fans, by the fans. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.